check, check, mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show, presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper. On PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. It's Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. That's right, one hour. Hardcore Supercross talk. Atlanta Supercross coming up this weekend. Round eight. Eight? Hold on. Yeah, round eight of the uh, AMA uh, Monster Energy Supercross Series coming up this weekend. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. We're going to give away a fly racing bike lift stand. It's one of those uh, ones that you step on and it puts your bike up and uh, it kind of helps you out a little bit. So... Uh, fly Racing uh, Lift Up Bike Stand. These things are great. Work well. Uh, FlyRacing.com. Much more than gear, everybody, as you know. Snowmobile parts and mountain bike parts and uh, hard parts like uh, lever assemblies and foot pegs and chains and sprockets and handlebars and grips, that kind of stuff. FlyRacing.com. And Truck Hero. They're a supplier of premium vehicle accessories made in the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to the bumper. Comprised of worldwide renowned brands including Back Industries, Undercover, NFAB, Bedrock, Husky Liners, Truck-Hero.com. These guys are a parent company of NFAB, and they are also uh, a proud sponsor of the Auto Trader, JGR, Suzuki guys. Just like NFAB. Thanks, everybody. ProTaper.com, please check them out. Geico Honda, Rockstar Energy Husky, JGR Suzuki, and the Rockstar Ice One Energy Husky, uh, Husqvarna team over in Europe. They're kicking off their uh, MXGP series this weekend in Qatar. And they're using ProTaper, people. Fusion bar, one-third waffle grip, twister throttle tube, micro bar. Just a few examples of how ProTaper continues to push the limits and reinvent the way we all ride our motorcycles. I just bolted up a... Uh, Pro Taper rear sprocket onto uh, my Project 89 bike. Uh, it's fantastic. Anderson, Barsha, Pike, these type of guys, they use Pro Taper. And uh, we thank Pro Taper for coming on. Also, to the Get, Get, Get. Uh, Chad Reed and Cooper Webb, Get, Get. And let's do Barsha, Pike, Weimer, Nicoletti, Bichelia. Uh, the Get ACU generation, the RX1 processor. This processor is extremely precise and works totally different compared to the common OEM systems. It guides you the perfect RPM range to get the best start of your machine thanks to its bright LED light that is made to be an RPM dashboard. Whether it's the uh, launch control or just the ECU itself, go get get. A lot of teams do. Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas will be on the show today to talk Atlanta. Take your questions, answer your uh, questions, and uh, talk some MotoFest this weekend in Atlanta. FlyRacing.com, Moto60 Show. I'm Steve Mathis, working the corner over there with the phones and producing things and making things happen. The Tits Legendary. Yo. You worried yet? Yep. You are. Yeah. You said three in a row by Tomac. Well, it didn't happen, but. That did not happen, but. Uh, Marvin. Yeah, well. Ten I'm seconds even, I, back. Yeah. Catching. Passing. 
16 back, I think, right? Comax 24? It, at a certain point, does it really matter? 16. 16. Yeah, not a good showing. And, so you're worried. Uh, Something is up. I do think With your beloved Ryan Dungey. So here's an idea yeah. I had. Okay. I'm waiting, bro. RC. Yeah. Started to get a little worn out towards the end of his career with, with Alden. Stu had his issues. Could this be the beginning of something similar to Dungey? I know he said he trains less hard than he did before, but still, I wonder if maybe that could have something to do with the diet, the training, something like that. But Marvin's doing the same program for two he years now. He started earlier on it, or didn't he? Or is it the same amount uh, of time? No, I think the same amount. All right, yeah. well, then never mind then. Maybe, maybe not. You know what? No, I think Dungey's one year sooner. Yeah. Um, Just a thought I had. First of all, RC won everything. Even in his half-year schedule, he won everything. Yes. So I know he said he was getting tired, but... Yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to look for a reason to, to blame this on somebody else is what I'm looking for. I haven't liked this bike lately. I know that's that goes hand-in-hand hand with not riding well, though. You don't uh, ride well. Sometimes your bike looks right. crappy. You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a symptom of a cause type That's deal, a little but, above my level of knowledge on uh-huh. being able to look at a bike. I'm not that good. Yeah, I don't know, man. He, I tell you what, press conference last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. third place, caught and passed by Marvin, mm-hmm. worked by Tomac. He put on a very brave face. Uh, he said they've got some work to do yep, on the yeah, podium. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was um, like polite and mm-hmm. laughing, smiling a little bit. Like he was yeah. not. So maybe he's at peace with this getting beat. And <laughs> well, no, because maybe there's something else going on. Maybe he's Epstein Bar guy or something, or maybe he's retiring. Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck it. He's like, I got enough money. Oh, he's got more than enough money. Yeah. So. I don't know. All right. Well, the first signs of cracking over there in the corner by Tits Legendary. He stays strong. For four years now, he stayed strong, folks. So if he's worried over there about Ryan Dungey, maybe you should be too if you're a Dungey fan. Because believe me, the man over there has been a rock for Dunge for years. And he's starting to get worried. What do you guys think? 702-586-7857. Let's get to Garrett here. Garrett, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling. All right. I got a question about uh, Barsha. You've mentioned that he might be going to Europe. Well, yeah, well, that's uh, definitely – It's. I don't know. Um, it's a rumor. It's out there. I can't say – I can't verify, like, yes, he's for sure talking. But he's got right, a girlfriend so, in England. He's uh, he's talked about going to Europe in the past. Apparently, uh, there's been some sniffing around. That's, uh, that's so. There's most likely uh, not re-signing at JGR. Well, the, I don't uh, know. Yeah. What, what about Eli going there? Oh uh, yeah, to JGR. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely right. Um, Do you think uh, he's too comfortable now with the Cowie that he wouldn't take a risk leaving, or he'd consider going to a Suzuki because that's where he grew up? And yeah, no. Uh, JGR has shown they will pay the money uh, for Barsha or for Stewart or whoever. Um, they've certainly been shot down by a lot of guys. Um, it's an interesting thing. I haven't really thought about it, Garrett, but it's a, it's a good point. Like I always looked at Eli either staying at Cowie. Uh, or moving to KTM if Dunge goes, because they're going to need a guy. Uh, but the JGR thing is is out there for sure, and, and and you know maybe yeah maybe that's it. But then again, you know they're figuring out this bike. Eli's on a roll right now. Maybe everything looks great. He just resigns with Monster Cowie. You know. Yeah, he definitely so. looks like he got it figured out. So yeah, right. yeah, should be interesting. To see. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks, man. No problem. Thanks, All right. Uh, talking about Ryan Dungey. 
my friend Jason Wygant at Racetracks Online wrote a really uh, interesting column this week all about him and his quote-unquote struggles. Uh, let's bring him on now to talk about that and more. The Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, highs and lows on Dungey this week. Yeah. Uh, cool video that uh, shot with him back in Dallas two weeks ago, posted that. And uh, also a story just completely just crapping on your two-time and the defending champion, three times total, in Monster Energy Supercross, just, just destroying him. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, it was interesting, though. Look, um, Tits Legendary there in the corner, Wygant, he is as, as staunch a Dungey fan as can be. He's been Dungey's yep. rock for years. He's never been yep. worried. He's never expressed doubt about Ryan Dungey getting things done and being a hero. Yep. And today, Weege, Tits said he is worried. He is See? worried. Yeah. You know, the best part about this was, uh, I, I, I think I put six different things that it could be in there, and one of the six was, there's nothing wrong, and it's just four races, get over it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the comments and also the stuff I got on Twitter from people, I basically didn't have anybody say, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. No one can agree on what's up, but it seems to be an agreement, including people like your TL there, uh, yeah. they seem to think something is up. Something is up. Something is not Dungey-like. It could be the other riders getting better, and maybe he's just the same. But whatever it is, it's not what we expect. Um, what? Should be full agreement on that. Oddly, what theory? What theory? Yeah, you know what? I've got, I've gotten some of it on my Twitter feed. Like, shut up, nothing's wrong. He's got a points lead. Beat it. I've got some of that. But um, I got that from a few. But I'm talking like to get people to agree on anything is almost impossible these days. Right. I got 99 percent with different theories as to what's wrong, and one percent saying there isn't anything wrong. Put it that way. Um, yeah. Which theory do you subscribe to? I'm going to give it – it's either one of two things out of all the things that are out there. I think there's either an injury, illness, issue type thing that's that's being covered up. You know, it could be as simple as he's just been under the weather for a few weeks here. You know, maybe Glendale would say a bad one or Oakland was a bad one and then the last two weeks he's been sick. You know, just some minor deal that he'll be over. I will say that I went to the Baker factory last year after Daytona, mm-hmm. and Dunge didn't really ride much. He's like, ah, I've been feeling a little bit sick. And then uh, Toronto was – a. Not a great race for him. He just got third. Roxton and Tomek actually passed him. It was a quiet night. So this stuff does happen. So it could be something like that. Or this uh, tracks breaking down thing is affecting him more than uh, we would have thought it would. I think it's one of those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be interesting. I know that. See. Yeah, yeah and a few people have said maybe just Tomac and Marv have just gotten that much better, and I can see that, but I feel like it doesn't. It's not the way it usually works. No, everybody no, gets no, better no, every year, but no. the champion is usually able to elevate. You know, everybody got better. I'm sure every year that Villapoto was champ and McGrath and Carmichael, and they always find a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. You know, in some of MC's best years, he got beat by a lot of dudes early on, and then kind of just figured it out. You know, um, now we're not that early, but uh, still a little bit. So, um, should be interesting to see what happens here. I. I wrote a column for uh, Motocross Vice, uh, my weekly column on MX Vice. I kind of laid out some predictions. You know, I'm on the bandwagon with JT and yourself and others. Like, something's up. He's not riding as well. Uh, Bike issue, sickness, all that. I'm I'm good with all of that. Um, But I wrote a a prediction column. And you know what? I think he holds on to this, though. It's still a big lead-ish. And he's going to be on the podium. And Marvin can't make one more mistake. Eli can't make one more mistake. Um, I think he holds on to this. I really do. 
Yeah, that's going to be one thing that I, that I should have maybe been more clear about. The discussion is, is there an issue and what might it be? I, I don't necessarily think it means the title's up for grabs. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He's still, if you're going to put money down on him, he's still the favorite. He still has a points lead. His races haven't been terrible. And you're right. There's this huge chance that Marv or Tomac gets eighth as soon as this weekend because they literally did that already this year. We mm-hmm. saw that happen, how easily they can do that. So, yeah, I think he's still the favorite. It's not a disaster, yeah. but it's just yeah. this is what happened. This is life at the top. You get a lot of scrutiny. I'll tell you what, a little bit uh, towards your theory of illness or, or, or something's going on. Uh, I, you weren't at the press conference in uh, um, uh, where were we? Just Minneapolis. Um, I was. Uh, he got caught in pass by Marv, and 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 Tomac left him behind. And I really felt like his demeanor was fine. He was not angry or frustrated. He smiled a little bit, offered you know pretty good questions or pretty good answers to the questions. I think, I think if he was just getting beat and outrode and didn't know what was going on. He'd be a little worse in the press conference. I don't know. Just a, just a theory. Well, yeah, we're going to analyze this to death, and every one of these things could be true or could not be true. But, yeah, I mean, what, what can you do when you're looking for answers? You're going right. to try every source possible, right. and the interviews are one of them. So before we brought you on, Garrett called in, and uh, uh, something I hadn't really thought about, really. But So we don't know what Dunge is going to do. If he keeps racing, he'll stay at KTM. Um, if he retires... Uh, KTM will probably make a run at Tomac. Tomac's contract is up this year, along with just about everybody else's. Uh, I'm sure Monster Cowie wants to keep Eli. But the JGR thing, like, I don't see Barsha staying there. I just don't see it. And and Coy Gibbs has swung for the fences with Stu. He sort of swung to the, for the fences with Barsha. And what about Tomac going to JGR? Wana Suzuki, back on this amateur brand that he rode. I didn't really think about that, but Garrett put it in my head. Yeah, I, I think a rider of Tomac's caliber or pay grade they could do, but I don't think that particular combination is going to work. I think there were some very brief discussions way back, maybe even in Tomac's 250 days, um, you know, with maybe Coy and uh, his dad, who I think is, does a lot of business deals for Eli. I don't even know if Eli has an agent. I think no, no, dad, I think it's right? that. I think it's John, yeah. Yeah, so I think at one point they talked to their dad about it. I just, it doesn't seem like that combination fits from everything I've I've seen um, in the past. You know, I think Eli is a guy that's going to fit better under a regular factory style mm-hmm. umbrella. Uh, See, so you get a guy like Barsha, it works a little bit better because Barsha is a little more of a. I, I think he's. They can take that bunker mentality like us against the world. I don't care if anyone likes me. Barsha is the kind of guy who is be more than glad to show up Team Honda. He's pretty mm-hmm. much said that. Yep. I mean, Tomek left technically too, but you don't hear him saying anything. I think for some riders that where the outsider team mentality works, there are some riders that does not. Right. Jason Wygant uh, from Jason Wygant from RaceRex yeah. Online on the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper and Get. Um, and all right, Weege, I also, in the same column, prediction column, I wrote that I think uh, Dungy, Tomek, and Muskan will get the rest of the wins, and I gave Anderson a win from here on out. My preseason prediction of Cole Seeley with multiple wins, I don't know. I'm finally going to back away from that one. Um, and the only other guy I could think of was Webb, but this injury probably will keep him out for a week or two, and then maybe another week to get to, to get into the swing of things. Like, I can't. If he's going to miss Toronto, I don't think you bring him back for Daytona uh, with a shoulder injury, you know. Um, so I'm going to give Anderson a win somewhere along the line. Um, and then I'm going to give those three guys a win. What do you think? 
Yeah, that's darn close to where I would be. And I think you're probably close to maybe thinking Sealy could get one, and I'm, I'll be the same way there. He'd be like your next guy, right? Yeah, if, yeah. If Sealy does not win one, maybe it's not a huge shock, but if he does win one, now you can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I would say I, I have to think Anderson will get one at one point. One thing that makes it a little more wide open is when you don't have someone completely running away with things, like, yes, Tomek has won three out of four, but he's had his struggles, so the door stays open a little bit. I think it just – everyone has a little bit more confidence or hope or whatever you want to call it when mm-hmm. they go to the line. And yeah. Right now, I think it has a little more of a wide-open feel. And as an example, when Sealy had the lead for 30 seconds or whatever he did on Saturday, I think when those things happen, it's a – even in that guy's head, it's like, I can win this. I can win this. Where if you have a season like last year where a guy, there's one dude done just, just crushing everybody, I don't think the guys necessarily have that feeling. So I think it's a little more wide open right now. Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on qualifying practice. Like this weekend, Tomac was a second faster than everybody else, yeah. and he was right there off the start with Sealy. So I don't like Sealy's yeah. chances to hold that guy off. You know, that that – was, uh, yeah, but not know. our perspective. But I've got to think yeah. that if you're Sealy and you have the lead and there's no, you don't know okay. where anybody else yeah, is yeah. except you have an open track in front of you, you're probably thinking, well, whatever, maybe I can win this. If a guy yeah. like Dunge is winning five in a row and has a 30-point lead, yep. I think you're already thinking, like, well, where is he at? Right. Uh, maybe Tomac's about to get to that point, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 702-586. Pulp, give us a call. We are giving away a fly racing uh, bike stand that lifts up uh, uh, to a lucky caller. Let's get to some calls. Wygant's on the line. Uh, Kalen, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing good. How are you guys? Good. What's happening? Hey, uh, okay, so I uh, I called in last week. I'm the Trey Canard super fan, and I got another Canard question here. Okay. So it seems like... Uh, it seems like even before his injury, obviously he comes back and he gets an 11th because of a crash or two. Um, and then he last weekend he got an eighth. Um, you guys, uh, Jason Thomas talked about it, how uh, he doesn't really come back and do that. Usually he gets a 15th or a first yeah. or a 15th or a third or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's doing the middle of the road thing. And it seemed like he was uh, kind of going down that path even before he got hurt when he was coming back because there was just no hype from the, the Canard camp, right? Right. So is this a calculated thing? Is this by design? Is he coming back slow on purpose and going to take these quiet finishes and build and build and build until he's uh, a winning guy again? Or do you guys think he's kind of staying, going to stay in the uh, the sixth through tenth? Well, guy? yeah, I, I kind of disagreed with JT a bit on his uh, you know really good or, or crash uh, back a little bit theory on Canard. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Trey. He's got the same sort of raw speed he once had. He's been out for a little bit. He's been hurt. Maybe he's getting a little older, you know. Um, yeah. He's been he's been good since he came back, but I haven't noticed him too much. And uh, yeah. and in the past, you would notice him. So you're right about that, Kalen. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. think, Wygant? Is Trey going to get better and step up into the Seeley Anderson range? Yeah, I am a little worried. The Sealy Anderson range, I guess, is is probably not super far out of reach when you think that he's getting eighth place. But uh, to go all the way back to where you know Trey has been at certain times of his career, where you're like, well, he could beat anybody at any time. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I guess I suppose it could happen, but I'm not seeing it right now. I, I would, if I had to bet, I would say he's not going to get all the way back up there. But he's done this before and he's come back from worse, so maybe it's not impossible. So, so you're saying he doesn't get back to there uh, ever again, or just this year? Or? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I, again, if I had to put money on him going, okay, in 2015, I think he won two out of three at one point. I don't see him getting back to that level. That's going to be tough. Okay. 
Dang it. Thanks, Kalen. Thanks, man. Yeah, hey, thanks, guys. Good show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a different, you know, once you hit the ground a few times and you get older, I know a lot of riders go through it. They just don't want to do that anymore. And it's not a slam on Canard. Uh, a top 10 in a 450 Supercross yep. is nothing nothing to be ashamed about or anything else, you know? I just and He's one of the best. Like, he's one of the best at coming back from that. He did it. He came back from a broken back mm-hmm. to win those races. But to do it time and time again, it just gets harder each time, I think. Right, right. Uh, let's get to Anthony. Anthony, what's up, man? What's your question for uh, Wygant? Hey, I was curious. I don't want to start the whole uh, discussion about the Moto Fest not being awesome with the Arena Cross guys can't race. But if they were allowed to race, who do you think would do best? Oh, don't get me started on the arena cross super cost thing, Anthony. Um, I mean, on, like Gavin Faith. Like, okay, Jace Owens winning that thing, but Gavin Faith is right there. Uh, Gavin Faith has won heat races before. I don't know if he's he's never podium, but I'm for, for sure he's been a top five guy here or there. So I got to go with Gavin Faith of, out of the arena cross guys. Um, Weege, what do you think? What about Gerky, bro? Yeah, Matt Gerke there, yeah. Gerke. Yeah. I think I've seen it before. Uh, you know, Radio Cross used to end in the springtime, and the guys would come in even for 250 East or something like that. And you would see the guys who were Radio Cross specialists who were even – a perfect example is Chad Johnson was a Radio Cross guy for several years, won multiple titles. He and Demuth would come in. He would be better than Demuth potentially one year in Radio Cross. But when they showed up in Supercross, he would be horrible, and Demuth would be fine. So I think there's a certain, you've been there, done it, you've raced Supercross, you've raced the longer races, the bigger tracks, you just know how to do it. So I always favor the dude who come from it, such yeah. as Gerke. Or Blows. Um, yeah, Blows too. Yeah. Blows, yeah. Blows, perfect example. I mean, Faith's been okay here and there, but these are established top 10, 450 guys, Gerke and Blows. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. Thanks for the call, man. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, the in case, in case you in case you haven't heard, the arena cross guys not allowed to race supercross, complete complete bullshit. So, well, you watch this weekend today, press day. I think it had Millsaps, Baggett, and Barsha. So I predict those guys will go one, two, three. Yep. On Saturday night because yep. of this extra track time they got <sighs> makes all the difference. Cannot Mo- give someone that advantage. Just massive I'm sur- advantage. Feld is building this weekend as a Moto Fest because it's arena cross Friday, uh, supercross Saturday. Uh, amateur racing on Sunday and RCU, I think, on Monday. I would prefer my term would be poop fest. That's what I would call it. Oh, poop fest. Oh God. Come on. It's just it's a, it's a joke. It's, it's I can't believe they're doing that. But whatever. Uh, um, uh, you realize you have some points, some valid points you're trying to make here, but the only thing those chiefs are going to hear are, Mathis called it poop fest. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's kind of like my dogger letter to the Hall of Fame. Right? Yeah, why do you throw that in at the end? Why do you got to? I got to push it further, you know? Um, uh, No, it's going to be cool. I I, I think um, if this works, why not do some more of this, you know? I don't know how the track's going to hold up and all that. I'm interested to watch that. Uh, Arena Cross guys are going to use two lanes. And the Atlanta dirt has been much harder than it ever has before. They've uh, figured that part out. Why not do some more of this? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, one of the big problems that this sport has compared to other motorsports is they don't have a multi-day format, and it's not needed. There's no need to have Friday practice or qualifying. But throw another series, 
That might get more fans. Not only is it better for Arena Cross, for sure, mm-hmm. to have a couple of Supercross fans check it out, but doesn't that potentially get a few rider or fans that are on the fence of, ah, I got an eight-hour drive to Indianapolis. Do I do it this year? Do I not? You know, we could watch two things this weekend. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think it's a uh, it's an interesting yeah. concept. It saves them money, so they're if it works, they'll be all about it. You know, they don't have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right, let's get to David's got a NASCAR question for Wygant. So, yeah. Oh, here we go. All right, David, go ahead. Hey, Weege, what? How you guys doing? Good, man. Uh, What's good. happening? Um, uh, Atlanta's going to be a shit show between the stolen bikes and. Not letting the arena cross guys race. That's my take on that. Okay, Weege, this is for you. I, I don't know if you noticed this, but I caught myself watching Daytona 500 qualifying last Sunday, and I don't watch NASCAR, I was just bored. And they showed a segment where they're going to take four big speedway races like Daytona and Talladega and split it up like they do the Monster Energy Cup for dirt bikes. Did you see that? Because you're the NASCAR guru. They're going to do, do 55 laps. Um, well, they're yeah. points, restart it, do it again, and do it again three times. Like that's a they're doing it. Super they're doing it in every race. It's a little different than Monster Cup because all they're actually doing it's a little it's similar. And the reason they are doing this is because there's been too much of the oh, the millennials don't have an attention span, and the race is five hours, and I only battle in the last ten laps. So they're just trying to get other parts of the race are more interesting. And all it really is is like, yeah, 55 laps in, they throw a caution. Whoever is the leader at that point gets a point in the championship. And so now it's like by lap 50-50, those five laps between then and lap 55 are going to be an all-out battle. And then 50 laps and then you're going to see it again. So the hope is that you're going to get three awesome finishes in a race instead of just one. Uh, they're not calling anybody the winner. You're just getting a bonus point, but in the championship points count, and they will count those even in their playoff sale. So it's just their model doesn't seem to fit today's world. Long, yeah. long races, long weekends, and they're trying to figure out a way to make it. Well, my question for Steve is if this format, they're, they're doing this format in an actual championship chase. If it happens to work in the Monster Energy Cup Series for NASCAR, is it a possibility coming to uh, two or three different races in the future? I don't know. If if these jackasses that run teams and manage teams would actually allow themselves to think of the bigger goal instead of their tiny little race teams, then perhaps things could actually change in this sport. But until then, that's not going to happen. When managers complain about arena cross guys racing supercross, when everyone shoots down a chase format, when everyone shoots down multiple main events, because they're all just thinking of themselves and their their own security instead of the greater good of the sport, that's what you get. So I'd like it, though, man. Yeah, I'm all about it. Everybody who listens to me knows that. So My my last comment on this is uh, it's funny how Supercross tried to get more like NASCAR, and now NASCAR seems to be yeah. going in the way of a small Supercross. A little bit. You're right about that. Yeah, thanks for the call, man. That, Appreciate it. That, that's my take, guys. Thanks, Have David. Thank you. I found it humorous, yep. the, the Weege, and again, you are the NASCAR correspondent for uh, the pulp world. Um, oh, okay. They're yep. upset about the Monster Girl outfits? Is this... Yeah, they're upset about a lot of things. This monster thing, from what I'm hearing, has not been smooth. That's just that's just one of many. And to defend Monster and NASCAR here a little bit, uh-huh. uh, the problem that Monster and NASCAR has right now is the previous title sponsorship deal was signed 13 years ago when NASCAR was in its absolute zenith. Mm-hmm. So the amount of money that was being poured in by Sprint was just 
phenomenal. So I think now people are expecting Monster to do the same thing, and it's like, dude, it's 2017. Yeah. Like, this isn't worth $200 million a year anymore. We're spending what we're spending. Well, they, they got and, it for 40%, yeah. right, of what Sprint paid? Yeah, supposedly, like, say, $22 million, where Sprint was paying, like, 75 But in beyond that... Sprint paid the tracks tons of money. Uh, they put TV commercials on, and Monsters doesn't want to spend that much. They don't want to spend $100 million. It's not a $100 million property anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's been a rough, rough uh, go. And then the Monster Girl outfits, it's hilarious. I did a podcast for NBC real quick a month or so ago, and they're like, does anyone complain about the outfits at Supercross? And my answer was, no. No. Nope. No. Nobody. No. All good, bro. I've never heard a complaint. Not once. I, you know, I've heard it from a few of my buddies with daughters. That's about it, though. Nothing, you know, just a few comments here or there. But, yeah, it generally right, speaking. but not know. a widespread, no, like, no, is this no. okay? No. No, no, no none of that. No. Uh, absolutely not. Let's no. Let's get to Scott here on the phone. Scott, what's going on? How are you? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Uh, thanks for having me on. How are you guys doing? Good. What's your question, man? Well, I was, yeah, no one was really happy with the track design or the layout this weekend. It was kind of one line and, and difficult. But mm-hmm. one thought I had was, um, do you think there is a correlation with that when they have an obstacle with such a short run out of corner and you know, the 90 degree corner so that the guys only have one line that they really can take for any speed to try and get up and over that, especially on the 250s. I mean, that stuff all comes into account, absolutely, you know, but um, the the bikes nowadays can clear just about anything you want to put out there, you know, as far as a run and everything else, and, and they can figure it out. So, I just look at the design itself and just be like, what are you guys thinking? It, it, you're in a football stadium and you're chopping it up and making it, you know, uh, tight where the insides of the insides and then you're making i don't understand the designs of it uh obstacle wise the guys will figure it out and the bikes are fast as crap so to me i just wonder a little bit about like i know they want to change things up but uh i don't know sometimes i wonder if, if they almost try to outsmart themselves to come up with different stuff that that you know doesn't work but uh, uh they think it, they have to come up with something different you know so yeah, I guess it it was it was tough because sometimes it looks like they're they're having to try and go around on the flat. Of the, they're not going to the berm to try and get speed to launch. They're they don't need to. Yeah, getting around on yeah. the inside, and then sometimes when it gets that uh, it gets all shined up or or slick, they're having a hard time. You know, the one line that they can take yeah. to try and hook up and get traction and get over. Look at that third turn this week in Minneapolis. That triple, almost right out of yep. a turn, just guys clearing it no problem all day long from the inside. You know the bikes are so good now. So, I would, I do have to say, I did like the um, the combo of the dragon rhythm section that Osborne yeah. had the nice line through. That was a yeah. neat, that was a good good one. And I got one thing for Weege. Yep. All right, cool. Weege. So between you and Nicoletti and the cheap off, I think we can probably give Nicoletti the the nod for things like electricity. We'll call him the Prince of Darkness since he works on his bike in the dark. Um. <laughs> How many times a year do you guys have a turkey dinner? Because we can make a turkey dinner last for almost four days with leftovers. Uh, speaking of that, I can open my freezer right now, and I have some of the Thanksgiving turkey left over. My mom uh, was here for Thanksgiving, and she calls me like five days later after she's left, and she's like, do you have any turkey left? And I'm like, a little bit. She's like, five days, it's too late. Put it in the freezer, wait till I return. So I now have the leftover turkey in the freezer waiting for my mom to come back. 
I only see her three or four times a year because uh, she still lives in New Jersey. So, yeah, absolutely, 100% on the uh, turkey leftovers. And I have them dated uh, right here in a Ziploc bag. Unbelievable. December, or sorry, uh, uh, December 1st or something like that. Yeah, great. Nice yeah. work. All right, well, thanks uh, very much, guys. Have thanks, a good man. show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Still looking to give away the Fly Racing uh, lift stand to uh, a guy who doesn't ask Ouija about turkey leftovers. Uh, John, what's going on? You want to talk about Atlanta? Hey, yeah, guys, what's up? What's happening? All right, so we all know in the past Atlanta's been a bit of a hotbed for, uh, you know, criminal activities. And between that and coming with a Moto Fest, all the amateurs coming in, mm-hmm. uh, do you think do you think there's going to be, you know, those even privateers for Supercross? Because um, I knew two years ago AJ Catanzaro got his practice bike stolen out of the uh, mm-hmm. so-called secure privateer pit. Uh, luckily, he got that back. But um, I guess what's what's your guys' take on that? Yeah, it happens every year. I'm sure it'll happen again, exactly like you said, amateur racing, the wild wheelie boys that roam the streets. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. you gotta got to lock that stuff away and, and, and you know, or stay outside of town or something. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. So Yeah, do you guys, do you guys think, uh, like, a technology, like, uh, I know phones have a, you can buy these little chip things and put them on your phone and it'll help locate your phone. Do you think, you know, if you, like, storing your bike somewhere or something like that, so you put, like, a chip in your airbox yeah yeah do what you got to do man yeah yeah gps that thing absolutely um all right right, everybody thanks thanks for the call um let's get to uh jonathan here jonathan what's going on how are you man uh good how are you good what's going on uh yeah um i was wondering how does alden baker pick his athletes i know um you know trey canard uh moved to florida and he's not working with them and also last year dean wilson also was living in Florida and and not working with him. Um, Well, he doesn't want too many guys. You you know, you you have too many guys, and it it gets hard to to maintain. So he wants to keep it to four guys. Now, he signed an exclusive contract with KTM to help their athletes, which includes the Husky guys, hence Zach Osborne going over there. Um, He really just wants to keep it tight. So I think at one point, um, you know, I think he asked Roxon about Dean coming there, and Roxon said no. Um, with Canard, I don't know if that was ever an option uh, to go there or not, or maybe he was full. You know, he already had his four guys, so he wants to cap it at four, and they got to be KTM Husky guys, from what I understand. So he's got his four, and that's it. You know, have to be somebody who drops out of the program uh, to get Canard uh, in there if he wants to go. All right, thanks. So no problem. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Weege two fifty Supercross East Series kicked off. Savachi must have said three times. Even after the heat race win, not happy, not riding that well, we'll pick it up, uh, you know, some things to fix, this and that. He said in the press conference, he said on the podium, is that a game he's playing, do you think? I wrote about it in my column this week. Is that a game he's playing, you think? Or is he? Is this a, a, actually true and he's not happy with the way he's riding despite him winning the heat and winning the main event? Yeah, I believe him. I think it's true. I think it's way too early for these dudes to be playing these kind of games. They they don't know where they stand. They don't know where they stack up. So to try to not have any clue how it's going to go and then also try to play mind games at the same time, uh, I think most of the riders did feel bad. It is their opener. It is their Anaheim one. We tend to forget that because we've been watching races for seven weeks. But uh, Anaheim one, a lot of riders don't ride as well as they normally do either. So mm-hmm. I think that was the case for a lot of dudes. No, I think it was legit. Um, we did a little bit of the NFAB fantasy podcast show yesterday, and we talked about RJ Hampshire and Jordan Smith. And 
great rides for both of those guys. Jordan's got a lot of speed has trouble keeping on two wheels. RJ's probably not met the expectations that Geico thought he would coming out of Loretta's, uh, although he's had some good rides. And they both did well in Minneapolis, a second and fourth by him. But I want to see... I'm not sold. I'm not sold. Uh, Osborne was great. Uh, Cincerello came from 10th. Craig had a horrible race. You know he's going to rebound. Now, nothing against those guys and their and their families and everybody else who thinks we're just going to shit on them here, but I want to see it again, and I'm not sure, so sure we will. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that for a different reason for each guy. Hampshire starts have been absolutely atrocious lately. Like, they were so bad last year in Supercross. They were incredibly bad. I'm talking, like, last place level bad. When even Mookie was pulling starts, who is probably the heaviest guy in the class. And his starts were, again, horrible. On Saturday, he just locked out. There was a bunch of crashes and stuff early, right? Right. Snuck in there. Yep. So until he proves that he's not going to start, I mean, you can look at the replay of the start over the weekend. He was almost dead last again. So that's a problem. As for Smith, I think he got second at round two last year, uh, and then it all fell apart. So the consistency thing for Smith has been such an issue that you just cannot get too pumped on any one race. Remember, he got second in the first photo at Hangtown. Yeah. Yep, he did. So, and then it, he wasn't able to do it again. So, with him, you needed, what, three or four races like this in a row before you're like, okay, he might mm-hmm. have this now. What do you think of Cincerello's return to Supercross? Uh, I was almost hoping we could go the entire time without talking about it just to avoid talking about him <laughs> too much. Uh, I mean, it was good. It was good. Uh, you know, it's always going to be judged against the standard of what he did the first time he debuted, though, when he won. Uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see how far it comes. There's just the poor guys. There's almost too much attention. Yeah, really. Right. Whatever he got, yeah. and he'll be racing again this weekend. That's all I got to say. Uh, Jamie, welcome to the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. What's your question? Hey, how's it going, man? Good. What's happening? Oh, pretty good down here, man. Down here in Mexico, listening to your show, actually. Awesome. Cool. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah, uh, keeping up with everything. I, I, I've kind of gotten confused on all the lame questions you guys have gotten, so I'll try to keep it simple. Okay. Um, number one, um, on the FIM and AMA, when guys take a hit or a cheap shot and, you know, you got Anderson that got a little upset and um, did something in the tunnel and other things, um, does the FMI, FIM – just they're the ones to make the decision. They don't talk to the AMA, and and, ha- and 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 does AMA have any type of control of any uh, discipline situation? Um, they're they're like consult the yeah they're consulted right. they're they're talked with, but ultimately the decision lies with the FIM. They are the the ruling body of the Supercross series. Um, AMA is underneath them. Now I know John Gallagher from he's the FIM referee at the Supercrosses. Um, right. He does talk to Kevin Crowler from the AMA about different things and what's going on, and you know they reach a decision. Um, some would say they reach a decision with Feld, even, but uh, I didn't say that. Um, and also, you know, for years, the, the, the 250 class was not an FIM class, and AMA would rule on any discipline on in that class. That changed about three years ago, I believe, and the FIM um, rules both classes. Uh, they have the ultimate say, but uh, they, they work with the AMA. It's not just, you know, a dictatorship by the FIM. Um, right, we, because there's a lot of major, like, uh, just gnarly rulings down um uh, to, to to just kicking a guy of an event where you yeah. know i rode the i had my pro license for like nine years and i remember most of the time when i rode supercross from 2000 to 2007 was my last one i remember uh duke finch before he left there 
I just I remember it was so much more simpler and yeah. being down here yeah. and watching the and the supercrosses and everything. It just seems like it's very harsh and and a lot of stuff's kind of flopping around and. I oh guess yeah, it's no, it, it's changed exactly. The new rule is if you touch somebody, you're out. I mean, Weege, I don't know if you can remember, but like Josh Grant and, and Hanny after a heat race started just throwing blows one time. I think it was San Fran. They just started pushing and shoving and punching in the helmet, and nothing happened. Like they well, just. I was just a supercross, you know? and I watched uh, Ron Carter get smacked about twelve times by Bulman mm-hmm. after right. he did. And and, and, and <laughs> it was like nothing. No, nothing <laughs> happens, right? Weege, things have changed. Well, man. Yeah, well, nothing. Well, cool, man. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll keep then, listening to the show, man. All right, go ahead, Weege. Thanks, Jamie. Go ahead, Weege. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, nothing happened is the operative term. Nothing ever happened, no matter what. No violation, bike or rider, on track, off track. No violation ever resulted in any penalty of any kind. Pretty much. Um, uh, so it's come a long way. Yeah, we had uh, we had um, um, Fro get penalized for some fuel that got reversed. Remember that? I, apparently, back in the day, RJ's bike was underweight, and then Lunas put like a crescent wrench on the seat. And then it was all fun. Yeah, yeah, like, then 89 or something like that. But uh, right. different stories is what went wrong. Yeah, but in the end, he didn't get penalized. Now we have Dunge having the win taken away uh, for Red Cross flag, which you can argue if that's a good call or not, but you cannot say they don't have the balls to make a call. No. They yeah. definitely are willing to make a call. Yeah, things have changed. Things have drastically changed. Some would say it's swung the other way, like it's worse, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I get that, so – um, all right, yeah, well, black, I, black, I read, that's, uh, you're never going to find people to defend that one. No, no. That was ridiculous. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, buddy. Well, hey, thank you for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend in, uh, in MotoFest in Atlanta. Tomorrow night, Friday night. See you then. Yep. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks. All right. All right. Later. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but yeah, you're right. It's this, uh, this weekend. Kevin, what's going on? What's your question about uh, Supercross? Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I was just wondering, like, with all the talk with the expansion to more Supercross races within the next year or two, I was wondering if there was ever a snowball chance in hell that we'd ever see another one up in Canada, like at uh, Vancouver, uh, at, like, the new BC Play Stadium or anything like that? I don't think so. They did Vancouver, remember, for a couple of years. Attendance was terrible. They had a hard time working with the city with the dirt. Uh, I don't see it ever going back there. There has been talk of Montreal over the years. Um, and yeah. going up there. So I think if it goes anywhere, it would go to Montreal. Um, but I, I even think that's a long shot at this point. Um, if the teams had their way, they, you know, they probably wouldn't even go to Toronto. They don't like the customs. They don't like the fact that it's a different country and their, you know, their marketing budgets, their rider budgets, everything's for the U.S. You know, Canada has its own budgets and marketing and everything else. But the FIM says, hey, we're a World Series. You got to go to Toronto. That sort of counts. So it's a yeah, it's a touchy subject, but honestly, I don't I don't see them going anywhere, and be, maybe Montreal. So seem to be losing more and more pro motocross around the West Coast region with the wastelands off the schedule next year yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, just, Seattle's back though. Seattle's back. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, definitely going to try to try to make the go for that one. Cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. Okay, thanks. All right, thank you. Flyracing.com, Pro Taper, get Truck Hero. Thanks for calling, everybody. Lots of questions tonight lots of phone calls we're still looking to give away that stand it's a fly lift stand speaking of fly flyracing.com he's out uh visiting dealers today uh, hawking fly racing jt what's up how are you going on what do you think canada you think the series would ever go to another canadian stop uh it's difficult because you know the vancouver thing didn't work as i heard you saying before i jumped on and uh 
Montreal has venue issues because that stadium is uh, it's not doing so hot. Um, I don't know what other cities could really do it to have the right size stadium and the right um, situation. So you may have some insight on what, what arenas they could even do it in, but I can't think of a lot offhand that could actually pull it off. No, there isn't. There isn't. And I, I don't see them ever going back to uh, to uh, Vancouver. That didn't work. The, they, I remember they had problems with the dirt. You know, they go to Seattle already, two hours away. Like, yeah, I don't see that going on. So Yeah, Vancouver Vancouver's such a, an interesting city, and, and it's very um, non-motorsports. Mm-hmm. If I, I, don't know, I know that's not really a word, but that's how I think of it. It's just yep. not the right. Yeah. the right city for Supercross, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I would agree it's either Toronto or Bust. There's only three. Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. That's the only place you can hold Supercross. Everything else is outdoors, and you ain't going up there outdoors. Yeah, so. Montreal, Montreal would work. I mean, they love their motorsports in Quebec. Uh, I just don't think they have the right venue anymore. That that stadium is so beat down. Uh, you know, we've both been in there in the, in the last decade. You know, I was, I've been there several times over the last 10 or 15 years and man the thing's falling apart right you know, it's really really rough shape so it's unfortunate i think uh you know canada would be an awesome place if, if they just had the right spot and right. maybe one day they will but for now it's a tough go hey scott what's going on welcome to the fly race and moto 60 show uh, what's your question for uh, jt and i yeah i'm sure uh, davalos would be okay with not going to canada anymore <laughs> yeah he'd be all right with it yeah no problems um my question is i saw that web's going to be out for the weekend, but has there been any other updates on any extensive damage that he took? Or I'm hearing, I'm hearing no damage, just uh, you know, small, small bruising and that kind of stuff, and should be back after one week. That's JT. You know anything? Yeah, I think he had a, a slight AC separation, so like grade one, uh, something like that. So nothing long term. Um, hope hoping back for Toronto because at, at that point with a grade one, it's it's really more just soreness than anything. You know, they're not going to do anything. He's, not going to take extensive therapy it's just really the pain threshold for him at this point don't you think jt if he doesn't make it back for toronto you maybe maybe skip daytona i don't think so no Um, okay in my own personal experience i had a grade three and i raced on the third weekend so that would be uh that would be daytona and mine was bad i mean mine still has issues even to this day right uh so if it was as minor as uh as they said if it was a grade one i would i would think uh if he does miss Toronto, I would think Daytona all day long. Right. You know, you got to remember he's a he's an outdoor national champion, and he's raced. Uh, you know, I would assume Daytona's circled on his calendar as far as being a, a one one of the races he's excited yeah. about. You know, after the Charlotte Speedway GP thing where he won. Right. Uh, I would think he would have a, a great chance of doing well there. Scott, you want the uh, Fly Racing uh, bike stand? Oh, that would actually be perfect. I'm actually rocking the uh, classic milk crate right now. Oh my God, yeah, we got to get you upgraded on that. It's a it's a lift up lever stand, so you just slide underneath the bike, push the lever down, bike lifts right up. It's it's fantastic. So That's perfect. Stay on hold. Tits will get your information. Thank you, man. All right, thank you, uh, JT. Speaking of tits over there, uh, he has been a rock for Ryan Dungey, and this week, February, very, a very appreciated rock, I would say. Dungey appreciates him. Uh, very, very much from what I've seen over the years. February 23rd, 2017. Put it in your phone. Tits says he's worried about Ryan Dungey. He's officially worried, huh? Yep, he's worried. He said it today. 
So mark that down. I thought he, I thought Tomac had to beat him another a third time in a row. I did too, but somehow he, he that's no longer a fact. It's now a full worry. It does premature, <laughs> a bit premature. Oh yeah, um, he's uh, the tits are premature. <laughs> All right, let's get to some more uh, questions here. Brian, what's going on, man? How are you? Good afternoon, boys. What's happening? Oh, not much. Looking forward to seeing you guys this weekend, or maybe not. Um. So, for instance, for the retractable roof stadiums, so for tomorrow, for instance, um, it's supposed to be 79 degrees here. Um, And so I'm wondering, I think for baseball, uh, the team controls whether uh, for a retractable roof stadium, the roof is opened or closed. Who determines that for Supi? The stadiums do. Yeah, the the stadiums do. The ones that tell people, you know, they're looking at the weather. Uh, you know, for example, the Toronto one uh, can't be open. It's it's too cold. Um, even though it's nice outside, the the I guess you have to have a certain temperature to even move the the open the roof open. So oh, wow. uh, stadiums kind of determine that, from what I understand. But the Atlanta one doesn't open. No, no, no. But, oh, but next year's will. Next oh, year's yeah, will. next year's right, right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, what, have yeah, you heard anything I mean. about this? Have you heard anything about this, Steve? Where uh, nothing's happened on having Supercross there next year because of. The new dome is not pumped on motorsports being inside there. No, I have. I would. I would just assume it's been such a hit that it would just carry on. I've not heard that. No, we've got a, yeah, we've got a new baseball it. stadium. If it if it messes up, I think. Well, baseball yeah. in February I heard, or March. I heard, yeah. I heard that this week that wow. uh, nothing nothing's been assured, and I don't know. This could be, could yeah, be yeah. wrong. Oh, but wow. I, I heard from several people uh, that they were having that. The stadium wasn't thrilled about having motorsports in their new stadium. So hmm. interesting. Hopefully that's wrong because obviously Atlanta is such a yeah yeah but yeah no for I sure. I have to I have to ask Brader when I see him. I would think that I stadium thought... would do well. You know, concessions and parking and a hotel area, like everything about it, because there's so many people so oh, so jazzed about it. So um, yeah. All right, thanks, Brian. See you, fellas. We'll see you this weekend. Thank you. Sounds good. Uh, all right, Austin. What's going on, man? You want to talk about Brett Q? Yeah, I just saw that uh, he partnered with American Honda, so I was curious if you saw that. I saw the, the headline. I did not click on the PR, though. No. Should I have? Okay. What's he doing? I mean, I mean, Stewart's coming back on a Honda under the 365. Does that help him get some parts? Does that help him out at all? I don't know. What do you think, JT? Uh, I can... I feel pretty confident saying that if Brett Q is is doing anything with American Honda, that's not going to translate into James Stewart getting works parts. I feel comfortable okay. with that. Right. That's about all I know. I, I, him partnering with American Honda can be just marketing and like, hey, man, here's some bikes. You do some, some sweet videos and stuff, you know. That's a pretty big difference between James working with the, the race side mm-hmm. of HRC. I, I don't know. I, I just – I hate drawing parallels because those are a lot of different departments that may not be working together or even talking to each other about projects or anything like that. Yeah, Q would be under the marketing department, you know, of Honda, and separate deal, separate budget, everything else. So, um, cool. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you. Yeah, it should be uh, interesting to see what happens there. I've heard Stu's trying to come back for Daytona. He's got Honda parts. He's collecting those. But um, if he ain't riding by now, I don't know how he's going to race Daytona. So. Yeah, I, I've heard I've heard from people that would know that uh, he doesn't seem to be prepared quite yet. So I don't know when that's going to happen or if that's happening. But uh, I don't think he's in race shape as of now. Please don't show up, Stu, if you're not in race shape. Just it's not going to go good for anybody. 
Yeah, I, I still I still say this this comeback is either not going to happen at all or it's going to go very poorly. Uh, Ozfest or Motofest, JT? Which one would you rather attend? The hell's Ozfest? <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne's concert tour. Oh, uh, I would say Motofest uh, because Supercross is involved. I'm not. I, I guess the Arena Cross is cool. I mean, I had a good time in Vegas when we did it, but. I don't know. I, I mean, Supercross to me is just so much cooler than Arena Cross. I asked, and I asked you if you were coming sure to Arena people. Cross, and you were like, I don't know, tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm, I'm still with you. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to work all day tomorrow, so I don't know if I want to go. Like, or yeah, People got to realize, we go to like 17 Supercross in a row, and I'm there for like 14 hours on Saturday. I don't know if I want to go again Friday. I mean, that sounds terrible, and, and I probably should go, but I just don't know. I mean, I got to work all day tomorrow in Atlanta, too, so it's not oh. like I'm going to be hanging out and show up. Big Nasty. Donk. I mean, it'll be on TV later this year, which is cool. <laughs> it's not going to have it. Not, not, not going not to do it. I like that. I, I might. I just, I'm just not 100%. Right. Uh, JT, I wrote a column. Uh, I talked to Wygan about this earlier. I wrote a column for MX Vice, and I said, look, the rest of the way, this is round eight this weekend, uh, so the series is halfway over. Um, and I, uh, I basically wrote a column that I think Dungey, Muskan, and Tomac are going to collect the rest of the wins from here on out, except I gave Anderson one win. I don't know where. I don't know how. I'm still kind of waiting for him to shine through. Do you agree or disagree? Does Webb get in there? Does Seeley get in there? Does the 2-2 get in there? I think all those are possible. You know, what was interesting for me is watching – last weekend so anderson and the heat race gets out front and he has a massive lead within like two or three laps over uh, over eli and in the next three laps eli reeled it into nothing you know and, and yes anderson held on for the win mm-hmm. in a you know six minute race but that was kind of telling because that was the that was the scenario where i think anderson has a chance if he gets a whole shot you know guys like ben Freezy or alessi or these good starters can hold up traffic for a few laps and let that gap grow. Mm-hmm. But, man, Eli, Eli just brought that gap down to nothing so fast that it was uh, it had to be a bit depressing if you're if you're one of these guys that are holding out for a, an Anderson win. you got to figure in 21 minutes. I mean, you saw what everybody's seen what Eli and Marvin have been doing to the field over the last few weeks. That was uh, that was six minutes, and he reeled his lead in, down to nothing. So. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's tough to say those guys are going to win because you watch them and they seem to have a pretty big step over everyone else. Yeah. You know, even in the Arlington win, I don't think that Marvin was pushing all that hard. You know, he, he had a good gap over Sealy, but I think with the track being so sketchy, he was kind of taking his time a bit because he didn't really feel any pressure. Right. I think he could have. I think he could have built a, a pretty sizable lead if he if he absolutely had to. I did a podcast with Ivan Tedesco the other day, and he is in a spot. He was in a spot, much like Cooper Webb right now, uh, national champion, two-time Supercross champion. You know, big dollar, big dollar uh, ride, big expectations. Uh, Ivan won a national uh, in the four fifties, and that's about it. Lots of podiums. You know, a solid career. There, there's no doubt about it. But I was talking to him about kind of, and this is this parallels Anderson a little bit. He said, like, I did the work. And I did a ton of it, and I never won. And it's hard to keep doing it when you're not winning, getting hurt. And I just wonder if that's a bit of Anderson. It's settling in. This is his third year in 450s now. You know, he's making good money. Maybe he settles in. He's just like, I'm. I, I, that's all. That's where I want to. That's where I want to be. 
I don't quite want to go there. And there is where Tomac's at and Dungy's at. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see. I, I see it differently. I think Anderson's um, still has a great chance and great potential. Mm-hmm. I really think that motocross the nation's crash and injury set him back quite a bit because uh, he, you know, he had a broken foot or leg or whatever it was, and then he concussion and all, had all kinds of stuff going on. Um, I just think it, it it put him way further back than he would have liked to be as far as training mm-hmm. uh, because that was you know that's the end of September. Figure he can't ride for another four or five weeks, probably with you know with his injuries, and then he starts riding again in November. Compare that to the previous year where he spent the whole off season with Alden and really came in prepared. He comes out on Wednesday one, you know, and he's second at the second race or whatever. Uh, held the red plate for a while. I I just saw his his whole preseason get derailed by that motocross nations crash, mm-hmm. and I think we're seeing I think we're seeing that play out. And you know, as because uh, anyone that's done this will tell you that your your whole season is you basically rely on that base from the preseason. Right. And I think he missed out on a lot of that. And I, I think we're just seeing a lesser form of Jason Anderson because of that one crash. Two fifty E series kicked off in Minneapolis. Uh, Savachi won. Jordan Smith, Osborne, RJ, AC fifth. Craig was terrible. Uh, Amart DNF'd after a crash. What do you see happening this weekend? I think Osborne got a lot of confidence. Yep. Um, you know, it's hard to say he's going to be better because he was the fastest all day and night. And, and you know, if not for one crash, I think he uh, he pressures Savachi for the win. Maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. But I think uh, I think he even surprised himself a bit with how good he was and, and his speed advantage. So I look for him to come in um, feeling like he's the best guy, and, and I look for him to get his first win. Joey knows, you know, this is his year. You know, everybody has that, you know, quote-unquote their year, and I think Joey's looking at this season as his chance to win a championship. So he's going to be tough to, to beat. Uh, but I think for Zach, uh, on this track, you know, he's from – He's from Virginia, so Atlanta's you know close to home. He, this dirt, though, the Virginia style dirt is this red clay that you see at Butts Creek. It, it's a very, very similar kind of dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think Zach's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be really good. Um, but but he's going to have competition because Joey's Joey obviously won, and I think Christian Craig's going to bounce back in a serious way. Um, so I think there's a few different guys coming in here with with different reasons to feel like they should win. Uh, and different motivations, but um, yeah, Atlanta's usually a great race, and I don't see why it wouldn't be this weekend. Well, and Joey rides on the same kind of clay and dirt, not far, hometown race, yeah. yep, so. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is, and everybody, you know, Joey's a California kid, everybody th- thinks he's MTF, and obviously he's ridden at Ricky Carmichael's for a long time, and MTF before that, and all that, but the funny thing is, he's actually from California, and I think that that doesn't get talked about very often, but it's uh, it's true. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Christian Craig's got a rebound, man. Uh, again, like we talked about with uh, with Wigan a little bit, like Tomac Muskan don't have much of a room for error right now. Uh, Dunge is still the points leader, even though we've been discussing him and even though Tits is worried about him. Those guys literally can't get another ninth. Like Muskan's gotten twice this year, or Tomac had the, the, the early season struggles. Um, Craig is it's a short series. It's already, it is not an exaggeration to say Craig cannot have another bad race. If he does, he's done. Yeah, in the short series, I mean, the the you know, there's two things that are equally as important, and that's winning and one bad race. And Christian, not to say that a twelfth is not able to be overcome, because surely it is. But he put himself, he put a lot of pressure on himself now mm-hmm. because he lost. Um, you know, he lost 
what, 16 points to Savachi in one round. Yeah. Um, and that, that puts you in a bad spot where you don't have any more, you know, foul balls to give. So, no. yeah. um, I, I look for him to come out. He was so great all day. I think, I don't know what was going on in that main event, but it definitely was an outlier for him. And he was solid all season last year, too. Uh, so I look for him to bounce back and be on the podium this weekend. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he does bounce back. Yeah, I think he, I think he makes it happen. But, uh, yeah, no room for error anymore. Like, even mechanical, yeah. you know, he's mechanic Derek. For if, sure. if something goes yeah. wrong, like, you're just not going to do it. Nathan Ramsey broke a chain at a one round and still won a title. And I think Shea Bentley had a terrible race as well and won a title. Uh, BT yep. blew up, I think, in a race and still won the title. Bike blew up, I think. But, yep. so you can do it, one. But uh, <laughs> no more than that. Otherwise, things yeah. are going to go sideways. The good thing for Christian is that no one is just dominant in this series. You know, Zach's had his issues with crashes, and he's had some bike issues in the past. Joey Savaggi's had his own problems. That's why he wasn't able to beat Cooper Webb last year. You know, he had that big get-off at the mm-hmm. hands of Christian Craig last year. So no one is just this guy that can't be beaten. So the opportunity is still there for Christian because I really do feel that all three of those guys are going to have their problems. You know, Joey's going to have a bad race somewhere. Zach's going to have a bad race somewhere, and Christian's already had one. So mm-hmm. his opportunity will be there. He's just got to capitalize on the good weekend. All right, JT. Well, maybe we'll see you at the arena cross tomorrow night. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. All right. And so it'll be interesting next week to see uh... – Oh, there's no show next week. We're not doing a Moto 60 show next week. I'm going to Toronto no, early. We're yeah. out. I'm going to we're Toronto out. early. Yeah, I, I'm flying in Thursday. So, um, got to go to Canada ASAP. But it will be interesting to see if Dunge, uh, if Dunge makes Tits any more worried than what he is right now. So, Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I stress for, for Tits maybe more than anyone else, which is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that he is has weird. literally nothing riding on this. No. No, no, he's so stoic all the time, and to see him worried like this worries me. So, yeah, he's um, a pillar of confidence most of the time. He is. All right, thanks for coming on, buddy. Have fun in all Atlanta. Right, all right, see ya. Flyracing.com, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. Like I said, people, we's out next week. No show. I'm going to Toronto early. So, you have to deal with it. Thanks for calling, though. Lots of calls. Man, it's good. You see, Tits, he's worried for you. I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're all worried. If you're worried. (laughs) Um, All right, everybody. Thank you. Flyracing.com. Pro Taper. Get Truck Hero. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you in a couple weeks. I was born.